0: Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk
1: Network. Welcome to the 75th edition of the Digital Edge, Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises.
2: And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, we are happy to welcome Ernie Svensson as our guest. Ernie first learned to leverage technology while working at a mid sized New Orleans law firm. Knowing how to do more with less and at less cost made it easy for him to start a solo practice and continue working on the same kinds of commercial litigation cases that he handled at his former firm. Ernie started PaperlessChase.com to help share what he learned from using technology in his law practice. He is well known for his various law-related blogs. He's also well known for having written the ABA-published book, Adobe Acrobat in One Hour for Lawyers. And he's known for his guitar playing and singing as well. Maybe not so much. Welcome, Ernie. Welcome, Jim and Sharon. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we're delighted that you're with us today. And we all know that lawyers know a little bit about PDFs. Not that they like knowing, but they have to know because they have to electronically file and they have some stuff they have to read. But why should they learn more about PDFs, Ernie?
3: Well, lawyers, like everybody, are encountering PDFs more in the general sense because they are a way for people to attach information instead of sending a file or stack of paper by FedEx, they can now attach it to an email and send a PDF. So everybody's encountering PDFs more often, but lawyers in particular deal with PDFs in the context of e-discovery or in the context of e-filing in those places. Well, you know, federal courts, it's all e-filing and some States even have e-filing like Florida, for example. So when you're encountering PDFs, as part of your practice, it just seems like it makes sense to figure out what else you can do with those PDFs besides just view them. And I think that's really the key thing for lawyers is that as they encounter them more, they realize that they can do things like bait stamp, redact, add e-signatures and so forth. And of course, judges are now getting interested in e-briefs. So all of those trends will affect lawyers and cause them to encounter PDFs more often.
2: Well, this should be an easy question for you. There are a lot of products that now print to PDF, but why should lawyers invest in buying a program like Adobe Acrobat?
3: Well, Adobe Acrobat is probably the best known tool and maybe arguably the best tool for manipulating PDFs. It allows you to do more than just view PDFs or just print to PDF. It allows you to do things like insert pages, extract pages, rotate pages, highlight key passages, tag key sections that you're interested in, And bait stamp and redact or make the PDF text searchable. So there's a bunch of different things that you can do to a PDF if you have a program like Adobe Acrobat. And I think that lawyers should invest the time and effort to try to learn how to manipulate PDFs. And so that means that they're going to have to get a program like Adobe Acrobat.
1: I know that when uh, John and I talk to audiences, they're confused about the different versions of Acrobat, standard versus professional, what level they need to have. Which version do you recommend that lawyers have?
3: Well, yeah, it can get confusing. First of all, if you're a Mac user, there's only one version you can get, and that's the most expensive one, which is Acrobat Professional. If you're on Windows, then there are two versions to choose from. There's the standard version which is about $270 as of today on Amazon. And then there's the professional version, which is just over $400. I think that every lawyer, every law firm should have at least one copy of professional in the office because professional is the version that lets you do bait stamping and redaction. Once you have at least one copy of that in your office, then the rest of the copies can be Acrobat Standard, which does pretty much everything you need to do except for bait stamping and redaction. But that's you know bait stamping and redaction is not something that comes up all the time. So I think you just need one copy for that. And the good news is if you get something like the Fujitsu ScanSnap, Acrobat Standard comes free with that uh, scanner, which is a $400 scanner. So if you kind of look for an opportunity like that, you can get both a scanner and a copy of Adobe Acrobat and save money that way. What prompted you to decide to write a book about Acrobat for Lawyers? Well, the ABA asked me to write a book because the prior author of the books on PDF wasn't interested in writing the update. And the last version of Acrobat that had been covered was version eight. And they contacted me and asked me if I was interested. And I said I was because I had been writing about PDFs on my PDF for Lawyers blog And that allowed me to learn a lot about PDFs and also learn what people were interested in, what lawyers were interested in as far as using PDFs and to kind of have my finger on that pulse. So I felt like I knew a lot of useful information that could help lawyers. And I saw it as a great opportunity for me to really condense and compress everything I had learned, plus to learn some more new things about using PDFs. And I did. It was a lot of work but I learned a lot and I managed to stuff everything I learned into the book.
1: Well, can you give us an example or some examples or any of what the book covers?
3: Sure. Well, the book, I broke it down into two sections because from dealing with lawyers and legal professionals, I found that you know there's some people who come to Adobe Acrobat and PDFs and they know very little. And then there's some people who know a little bit and want to advance. So the book is broken down into the basic section, which starts out kind of things like preferences, which I know is not that exciting, but and I don't get into all the preferences because that would be boring. But what I try to focus on is settings that lawyers and legal professionals should enable in Acrobat so that they can do the kinds of things that lawyers are typically going to be doing. So we start with that, talk about how to view PDFs, you know, Zoom, rotate, those kinds of things, how to quickly navigate around a PDF uh, and how to create PDFs from programs like Word or WordPerfect. So that's the basic section then the intermediate section is where you really learn to leverage Acrobat in some incredible ways. And that section covers things like tagging pages with bookmarks, highlighting passages with the equivalent of sort of sticky notes. It also covers bait stamping, redaction, removing metadata, securing PDFs in ways that can limit who can open them and what they can do with them. And it also covers searching a PDF or a group of PDFs, which is really probably one of those powerful things a lawyer can learn how to do with a PDF. So
2: the book just runs through really the various features of Adobe Acrobat. Is that right, Ernie?
3: No, I tried to avoid doing that. I don't think we need a book, or at least busy lawyers are busy, and they don't want to just read about features of a program. So what I tried to do was provide context for everything that I explained. So it was almost always, here's why you would use this feature. And here's how to use it most efficiently. So, you know, people can decide as they're reading it, yes, that's something I want to do. Okay, great. I'll try to pay attention to it. And I also included in the back of the book some sample workflows because I think that's really where lawyers can benefit, is if they kind of see, okay, here's a sequence of things that I can do to PDFs that I receive from my client. If I'm producing them, you know, what do I need to do? What's the most logical thing for me to do? And then referencing each section in the book where those kind of uh, tasks are covered so that people can look at the workflow and say yeah i'm gonna do this okay here's where it's covered in the book i actually provide those workflows most of them on my pdf for lawyers site just because that's always changing and it's easier for me to update it there and so if people go to pdf for lawyers and you know sign up for the email newsletter or whatever they'll get that the latest workflows for free and i would encourage them if they have some good workflows to share them back with me so i can share them with other lawyers.
1: Well, let's pause just for a moment for a commercial break, and then we'll be right back.
0: Looking for a process server you can trust? ServNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servnow.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
1: Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is Adobe Acrobat for Lawyers, and our guest is Ernie Svensson, who has just published an ABA book on that topic. Ernie, what are some of the common issues that you see that prevent lawyers from being more adept in working with PDFs? Because I know there's a, a lot of them. Well, I think
3: the main one is lawyers just not having any idea of how powerful PDFs are. And you wouldn't know it necessarily unless you do more than just view them. So most lawyers are just opening PDFs, viewing them, and probably a lot of those folks are kind of clumsy in how they navigate. So they just don't really know how to use acrobat to get around a PDF, or really they don't even know how to use the reader. The reader's free and everybody has a reader. So the first thing I try to do with lawyers is to make them aware that if you up your skill level a little bit with PDFs so that you can see what can be done with them, then they're going to have the motivation to want to learn more because they never fail to be amazed at all the things that can be done. It's just they don't tend to encounter that. So I try to, to start with the skills that are in the basic free reader program, like searching is something you can do with the free reader program. And then you can even do highlighting with the latest version of Adobe Reader. So that's the main thing. And the thing with lawyers, especially solo and small firm lawyers, they need to find out that there are some amazing things they can do with PDFs that will save them time, save them money, make their practice a lot easier and a lot less stressful. But they just need to get over the hump of thinking, well, Acrobat's kind of expensive, why should I get it? But the reality is if they could see all the things that they would be able to do with Acrobat, they'd buy it in a heartbeat because you know what's expensive is relative. I mean, taking hours to bait stamp documents by hand when it can be done reliably in about four minutes with Acrobat, that's just one example of the kind of things you can do if you learn how to use Acrobat.
2: The price of the paperback book isn't insignificant either. What do you say to lawyers who say it's really a bit too expensive to just to learn about PDFs?
3: Well, I mean, I understand that. And I think it's kind of one of those things with technology in general that when there's new technology, it helps us do something, but we're not familiar with it. We tend to focus only on the price and we say, oh, well, that's kind of expensive, but you know, I mean, expensive compared to what, I mean, the thing is, if you want to learn all the things that Acrobat can do, you know, all the amazing things you can do, you have two choices. You know, you can either learn to use it by yourself, by trial and error, which is what I did. And it took me a lot of years and I was highly motivated. Or you can find a great guidebook that's focused on lawyers and their assistants and showing them how to use Acrobat to work with digital documents. So that's what the ABA has allowed us to present to them. And as far as I know, it's the only book that covers how to work with Adobe Acrobat for lawyers. So, you know, the book is a little more costly than other books, but it's printed on high quality paper. It includes over a hundred screenshots that describe visually how to do a lot of the things that are covered, screenshots that I personally took myself and edited so that I didn't just take a screenshot and dump it in there. I blurred out parts that were irrelevant and put arrows to point to things. So the visual explanations make it really easy to quickly understand how to do things. And, you know, those color screenshots and high quality printing, you know, cost a little more money. So that's probably the reason, but I think it's totally worth it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I actually had received a copy of the book, and I'm not all the way through it yet, but it looks really nice, and it's very instructional. So I am a fan, and I, and I promise you, Ernie, I will write a review. I just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs>
3: yeah, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: So it's the book available in electronic format. I know some people prefer that, although I will say that this is one for myself. I'd like this one, actually, in soft cover, just a little more easy to write notes and margins and so forth for me. But can you get it in electronic format?
3: It's not available yet, I don't think. What I was told was that it will be available in the Apple iBooks store a couple of weeks after it first gets published. So theoretically, it should be just about now that it would be popping up in the Apple iBooks store. The price there will be around $30. It won't be available on Amazon Kindle, nor will it be available as a PDF. But I agree with you. I think it's a book that was intended to be a reference manual. So I think reference manual type books to me are better in paperback form because you can tag things and you have a sense of where the information you need is. But that's just my bias.
1: Well, you know, we're, we're kind of old school Ernie, but yeah, I totally I agree know. with you. I mean, there, there are a certain limited number of books that I really want to hold the book and be able to write in the book and to have it on a shelf and be able to quickly pull it off and just not have anything to do with electronics. And this book, I think, is perfect
3: for that. Yeah, I agree.
2: Ernie, our listeners always want to know about tips, so I don't know if you maybe have a quick PDF tip you can share, and, and if you could also share where people can learn
3: more about PDFs and how they're used in the practice of law. Well, the main PDF tip I guess I would have is learn how to use bookmarks. I think that that's sort of a dividing line for attorneys. Once they get Adobe Acrobat. Learn immediately how to create a bookmark, and it's very easy. You basically use either the control or command key, and you hit the letter B, which stands for bookmark. So it's easy to remember how to do it. There's some other great tricks about how you create bookmarks really quickly by highlighting text and then hitting the control or command B. That's covered in the book, and it's explained in the context of. Taking an e filed brief from an opponent where you quickly want to create sort of a table of contents of all of the hierarchy of arguments, and you can quickly go through and highlight the sections and subsections to create bookmarks that do that. So that's the main one. The other thing is, I mentioned the PDF for lawyers blog. That's really the best resource to keep up with this sort of thing because anytime something new happens, I post it there. Also, one of the things I do is if you sign up for the email newsletter, I give you my one page cheat sheet. And I think that the one page cheat sheet is really useful because it's one page that you can print out and put next to your computer. And it's sort of a list of the key skills that you should have when you're working with a PDF. And then the keyboard shortcut that lets you do those things very quickly because the key to all of this is if you can work with PDFs fluidly, naturally, without thinking about it in the same way you do with paper, you're going to quickly find you prefer PDFs to paper because paper is familiar you know and it's nice to read paper if you hold it in your hands and all but you can't search paper and you can't write extensive notes on paper you know if there's not enough room on the margin there's just so many things you can do with pdfs that you can't do with paper so the the key is just get your skill up to where you feel very comfortable using pdfs
1: Yeah, I'll put in a word, too, for, again, that newsletter and staying up, because, of course, the minute you publish these books, there's always something that changes. And so the best way to be alert to the changes is to make sure you have a resource that you trust that always publishes what's new with Adobe Acrobat so that you'll know.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my goal.
1: Well, thank you so much for being with us, Ernie. Adobe Acrobat has become an essential software for attorneys, and it's always surprising how little they know about their features. Now, I thought I heard somebody start to interrupt. Jim, did you have another comment?
2: Uh, No, I just wanted to kind of talk about us for a second, Sharon, and say I'm really glad that we could have our friend Ernie for our 75th edition of this podcast. I don't know that either of us thought we would go 75 editions when we started this project.
1: No, we sure didn't. And I still remember when you charged into my hotel room and told me you had a great idea.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It is a great idea. I agree.
1: 75 episodes later, here we are. And I've actually run into law students, Jim, who say they've never missed one of these podcasts, which is amazing.
3: Really? Well, congratulations, guys. Great job.
1: Thank you, Ernie. And really, your book is a terrific guide for lawyers, and we really appreciate you joining us today to discuss all that the software in your book has to offer. I really, really like this book, so I will be writing a bang-up
3: review very shortly. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and thanks for your support.
1: That does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.